0: Hello, welcome back to Retirement Clarity Radio. I am your host, Scott Nuss. I am thankful and happy that you're here uh, because today we're going to be talking about something that's extremely important, not the most exciting subject in the world, um, and that is diversification. What we're going to do is we're going to cover seven questions to ensure that you are fully diversified. The reason why this is so important is because you know as you go into retirement, maybe you're in retirement already, what you want to do is you want to make sure your investment portfolio is fully diversified so you can rely on it to create a retirement paycheck for you, so you can rely on it to you know, give you those investment distributions that you need to recreate uh, that paycheck that's gone away now that you're done with the J-O-B. Okay, So that's why this is so important. And today, again, I'm going to go through seven questions to ensure that you are fully diversified. So let's just jump right into it. Oh, and by the way, you should really use this episode as kind of like a checklist to make sure that you've got all seven of these things done um, and that you're ready to go on the diversification front. Okay. So number one is, do you have any market Cap uh, deficiencies. So, what I mean by this is there are large cap companies, there's medium sized companies, and there's small sized companies. Large cap companies are worth, you know, 10 billion or more. So, think of Facebook, Amazon, Apple, etc. Mid cap is companies uh, that are worth between 2 and 10 billion. And then there's small cap companies uh, that are worth less than 2 billion billion dollars. What I want to see, um, in your portfolio, and I, you know, I, I obviously do this with clients is to make sure that you have an amount, you have, um, a portion of your investments in each of these three categories. Because too often when I review um, a client's portfolio, a potential client's portfolio, I see that they're only invested um, in something similar to the S&P 500, which is a really good index fund. And I've said good things about it before in this podcast, but the S&P 500 makes up the largest 500 companies inside the US. In other words, it's all in large cap stocks. And so large cap stocks are great. And you know, there's typically less volatility with those large cap stocks uh, than medium and small size companies. However, you've got to incorporate medium size companies and small size companies to increase your diversification and it could potentially help your returns over the long run. Who knows what the future is gonna hold, but over the last 100 years, small size companies have actually done a little bit better than large size companies. So that's the first thing you got to check. Make sure that you have money allocated to large size, medium size and small size companies. Question number two. Are you invested primarily in companies that are headquartered here in the US? So another issue that I see when I look at people's portfolios is something called home bias. In other words, they have all of their money in their home country, and that's understandable, especially given the last hundred years of economic progress and stock market progress that we've seen here in the US. So I think it is perfectly fine to have some kind of home bias in your accounts, but I don't want you to abandon international stocks entirely because there's gonna be a period in the future where international does better than the US and we wanna be ready for it and we wanna be able to profit off of that. Uh, There's a cycle, and no one knows when it starts and when it ends, but there's a cycle in which U.S. stocks will do better than international stocks and vice versa. So just some quick examples here. In the 1980s, there's a six-year period where international stocks performed better than U.S. stocks. Then in the 1990s, U.S. stocks performed better than international stocks. Then in the 2000s, international stocks Perform better than the U.S. stocks, and then since 2010, U.S. stocks have done better than international ones. So right now we're in the midst of U.S. stocks still doing better than international stocks. When will that end? When will when will it switch to international stocks doing better? I have absolutely no idea. I just know at least historically it has cycled between uh, who outperforms versus you know international versus U.S. And we want to make sure that when the time comes that international stocks start doing better than U.S. stocks again, we have some international allocation. So that's our second question. Are you primarily invested uh, in companies that are headquartered in the U.S.? I think it's fine if most of your money is in the U.S., but we don't want everything to be in the U.S. Okay. My third question is, are your stocks uh, spread across multiple sectors, or are you concentrated in just one corner of the market? This one's pretty straightforward, but it's really important. We've got to make sure that your portfolio includes all sectors of the market, and that includes energy and communication, healthcare, consumer uh, consumer goods, financial services, and so much more. So you've got to make sure that you're uh, you've got money invested in all sectors of the market. Question number four: Does Do you have style diversification among your stock holdings? Now, this question refers to the term stock, uh, excuse me, to the terms growth and value uh, stocks. So growth stocks are companies that offer strong earnings growth, while value stocks seek to appear to be undervalued in the marketplace, and they might outperform because they're undervalued right now. You can own funds that contain only growth stocks or funds that only have value stocks, or you can have a blend of both. In my mind, you want to have both of those styles in your portfolio and not be tilted to uh, too much one way or the other. So make sure you have growth stocks as well as value stocks in your portfolio. Question number five, uh, do you have more than 10% invested in single stocks? Now. You know, Frankly, I, I meet with a lot of people and a lot of people that I meet with have avoided single stocks entirely and that's fantastic. Unless you have a ton of time and interest as well as the emotion, emotional fortitude to take on the huge risk of investing in single stocks, I really think you should avoid single stocks altogether. There is nothing wrong with us admitting that we are not the next Warren Buffett. Uh, Now, if you do have single stocks, I want you to ask yourself how much of your portfolio is invested in them versus a well-diversified portfolio of low-cost index funds as well as mutual funds. I hope the answer is less than 10% total in single stocks. If it's higher than that, I really think you got to think about how you can lower that single stock allocation and get things into a more diversified structure. So that's number five. Number six is how much of your portfolio is in your 10 largest holdings? When you consider all the funds or the single stocks that you own, how much of your portfolio is in your top 10 largest holdings? Ideally, you would say less than 10%, because if you had more than 10% of your portfolio in 10 single stocks, I would say that doesn't sound too diversified uh, in in my mind. Now, I have come across portfolios that I've looked at, where people are invested in good funds, at least on the on the surface level level, but when you look into those funds, you see that those funds have 30 to 40 uh, to even 50 percent of that fund invested in 10 single stocks, and that simply puts you at too great of a risk. That if those companies underperform the market in the years ahead, it's going to drag down your returns disproportionately. So you want to make sure you can one figure out, you know, out of all the funds that you own, how much of your money is in your 10 largest holdings. And then you really wanna see if you can knock that uh, percentage down to 10% or less. You really don't wanna you know, have too much risk and have 30 to 40 to 50% of your money in your top 10 largest holdings. Number seven, the last question I have for you, we're just rocking through this, is how many different holdings do you have overall? So the last thing that I want you to consider is, you know, when you own those index funds inside of them, they own a a number of companies and I want you to find out how much do you have ownership in, in all the funds that you own. Ideally, this number is in the thousands and not the hundreds. So the U.S. right now, and this changes daily, uh, but the U.S. right now has around 4,000 companies that are publicly traded that, you know, you and I can buy on the stock market. There's also thousands of international stocks that we can buy as well. So if you only have a hundred or even 500 stocks in your portfolio, you're missing out on quite a bit of investment opportunities as well as diversification opportunities. So aim to get your total holdings of that you own into those thousands. Uh, not hundreds to ensure you have the diversification that you need. Okay. And that is the seven questions to ensure you are fully diversified. Let's just uh, see if I can summarize this here. Um, You should own large, medium, and small size companies. You should own companies inside the U.S. as well as outside of it. You need to make sure that you are in invested in different sectors of the economy, all sectors that we have, you should have high growth companies as well as more stable value oriented companies. You really shouldn't own any single stocks, but if you do make sure they're less than 10% of your investments, you got to make sure that you don't have a very high allocation in your top 10 holdings and aim to own thousands, not just hundreds of different stocks. Okay, so that is quite a lot, but if you follow these seven steps to diversify your portfolio, your portfolio is going to thank you. You're going to be able to sleep better at night knowing that you've really reduced your risk of not being properly diversified. And that's going to give you much better odds of success of creating that retirement income for yourself that you need, that we all want you to have. So your portfolio is going to last as long as you do. If you want any help in making sure that your investment portfolio is fully diversified, just go to startmyretirement.us. I'd be happy to analyze what you've got, and we can talk about potential changes uh, that would make you more diversified and get you a better retirement income. So, that's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening. As a reminder, you should consult with a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this podcast is a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities any mentions of rate of return are hypothetical in nature and not a guarantee of future returns. Scott Newhouse, CFP, is an investment advisor representative of Forthright Finances, a California and Nevada registered investment advisor.